0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simu. And uh, on this edition, we're going to be talking about that really disappointing defeat, really disappointing exit from the UEFA Europa League uh, that, of course, took place at the Emirates Stadium on Thursday night. It looked as though we were going through. We went to Olympiacos, a really difficult place to go with a really difficult, Difficult atmosphere to handle against a pretty decent side, a Champions League side earlier on in the season, um, and we came away with a one 0 win. And maybe we were complacent, but I genuinely believed that our Arsenal would have enough to get over the line last night, and that Arsenal would have enough uh, to see them, you know, secure progress to the last sixteen. Unfortunately, that wasn't to be the case, and there's a number of reasons as to why that didn't happen. And we're going to try and touch on some of those here. i going to try not to be too doom and gloom. Try not to be too angry. Try not to make this a rant as such, because I, I feel like Mikel Arteta is the right man. And I feel like Arsenal need to trust in the process a little bit, but it's so difficult to see things that way after such a disappointing result. And the manner in which we crashed out was, unforgivable you know we we're, we're talking about the same problems that have come to bite us on the ass time and time again and to be quite frank I've had enough of it um, so let's start with with the pre-game stuff and of course Mikel Arteta picked in my opinion the strongest possible 11 so I've got no complaints there i think anybody who's got complaints about his 11 is is crazy because you know, yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing and you can look back and say this player didn't play well or that player didn't play well. But ultimately, Mikel Arteta picked Arsenal's strongest side, which shows you how seriously he was taking this competition, which shows you how seriously he valued um, this as a route to get back into the Champions League, because we know that financially, the longer we stay out of the Champions League, the more we're going to struggle. We, we're seeing it. Um In the transfer business that we're doing, yes, we signed Nicolas Pepe, um, a a deal that was done over a long period of time. But then you saw in January, and I know January is notoriously a difficult market to navigate, but we ended up bringing in a couple of players on loan, um, which isn't Arsenal-like. You know, We're, we're Arsenal. We're one of the big hitters. We're one of the big clubs. We're supposed to be loaning out players to lesser clubs, not loaning players from lesser clubs. Um, which kind of tells you where we're at at the moment. So, you know, going back to his team selection, I thought he got it absolutely spot on. I didn't have any issues with that. And therefore, I'm not going to sit here in hindsight and say that he got it wrong because he didn't. He didn't. He picked his strongest uh, possible team. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough on the night to get the job done. We started the game really poorly, I thought. And, And when I say that we started the game poorly, what it was for me, it was it was very lackluster it was very slow it was very you know lethargic there wasn't that intensity in our game we weren't zipping the ball around quickly and i said on on the pots preview over on same old arsenal uh, on Wednesday night, I expected Olympiacos to come to the Emirates and defend very deep. They would have been looking to stay in the game for as long as possible, hoping that they could nick something on the break, hoping they could make something happen from a set piece. And that's exactly what they did. Pedro Martins is a very astute tactician. He's a very good manager. Olympiakos are flying in the Greek league at the moment. Beat Pauk as well in between the two games. their title rivals to open up a five-point lead. So confidence is high over there. Confidence is high in that side. And you'd have thought that given the way Arsenal have been improving of late, that confidence would have been high in the Arsenal team. But for me, there was a bit of arrogance. There was a bit of lethargy in the way that Arsenal played, and we got punished for it. Now... um Nil-nil, half-time, fine. It was a dreadful game. Arsenal weren't playing particularly well, but we were still in control of the tie. At no point in that first half did I ever feel like Olympiacos were good enough or had enough about them on the night to take control of the game because they, they never did. At no point in that game, in my view, did Olympiacos have control of it. But what they were good enough to do was take the opportunities that came their way. And that was the difference on the night. Um, Second half begins. Arsenal, you know, you you looked at the team and you knew that certain things weren't working. But just like the Newcastle game where Mikel Arteta took the team in at half time, obviously gave them a a bollocking and they came out in the second half and were a completely different animal. I guess he hoped that that would happen again last night, Um, but it didn't. They didn't respond, the players. And and Olympiacos took the lead from a a set piece. It is a shocking piece of, of marking. Um, I think it was Cisse who who found the space in the penalty area. He's a huge lump of a defender, and Arsenal have left him completely unchallenged to steam through the center of our penalty area and head it in on goal. And it was such an easy header for him because he didn't need to do anything other than guide the ball in. He was under no pressure. There was no challenge. There was no defender anywhere near him. And it was such an easy goal uh, for Olympiakos and such a sloppy goal for Arsenal to concede, the type that we've seen all too often in recent years. And it as much as we think the team is, is starting to improve under Mikel Arteta, and it is, we need to be able to cut out those mistakes. We need to limit them because they are happening far too often and it's going to cost us and it did cost us last night. Then, of course, you know, the, the tie gets forced to extra time. Um, the Olympiacos fans are in great voice. They're behind their team. Everybody's sitting at the Emirates Stadium with their hands on their laps, you know, as if they can't be bothered to be there and as if going through was just going to be a formality and that this didn't really matter and that there was no way in hell Olympiacos, despite the noise coming from that end of the stadium, were going to find a way to get through this tie. But they took it to extra time. And at that point, you started to think, my God, you know, this isn't going to be a walkover. This isn't going to be a walk in the park. And and I started to get that feeling, and I know it's easy to say that now, but I started to get that feeling that Arsenal were in trouble. That Arsenal, unless they upped their game, unless a bit of quality shone through, they had a real problem here. And that Olympiacos were, you know, the team with the upper hand, with the, the confidence, with the desire, with the passion, with the drive. And Arsenal were just coasting through, hoping that a bit of individual brilliance from someone somewhere along the line would get him out of this mess. And we thought that that is what happened when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang popped up with that spectacular finish. Cross came in from Pepe, I think it was. Was it Pepe or was it Urzu? I'm not sure. Uh, The cross come in, it it sort of got headed up into the airs. Gabriel Martinelli went to challenge for it. Falls to Aubameyang, acrobatic finish. And you're thinking at this point, we've done it. We have scraped over the line, despite being crap from the off. Arsenal have scraped over the line here and we're going to progress. And this could be a huge, huge lift for this club, a club who have suffered this season from com- from a loss of confidence, a club who have lost their way, a club whose direction at the moment is unclear. But again, we switched off a- and you can't afford to switch off against Quality opposition. People will sit there and go, Oh, Olympiacos, they're no good. They're Greek. They must be crap. It's not the case. They're a Champions League side. They dropped out of the Champions League, which means they were already operating at a higher level than we were in the group stages. So who are we to sit there and say they're not good enough? um You know, they're just mugs and we can walk all over them and we don't need to take this game seriously. And it's the whole attitude around the club, it's not just the players that didn't take it seriously. It's the fans that didn't turn up. It's the fans that did turn up and were talking about the roadworks around the corner from their house or the, the fans that turned up and were talking about what they watched on TV last night or what they're going to have for dinner when they get home because their minds and their thoughts were not on the game. And you got that feeling inside the stadium. You got that feeling. And, you know, it. the feeling was that nobody cared nobody cared enough nobody took it seriously enough and we got punished for it in the end we got punished so you know we can't have too many complaints we we can't say it wasn't coming we can't say that we didn't deserve it because we did deserve it we 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 did deserve it we we deserved to go crashing out the way we approached the game the way we applied ourselves in the game let's look at some of the individual performances um Burn Leno, in my opinion, at fault for the goal that essentially dumped us out. Um, because, yes, the cross could have been defended better and more. We'll come on to talk about Lewis and Socrates, who had to come on uh, a little bit later on. But for me, Bern Leno gets the ball back and he's got to just clear it. He's got to just clear it. And people talk about it stemming from Mikel Arteta because he wants Arsenal to play from the back and he wants to do this and he wants to do that. And I get that. And that's the ideal way that he wants to play. But as a professional footballer earning hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, you have to use your fucking common sense. You have to use your brain at some point and work out that that is not the right thing to do. And understand that you're approaching the last few minutes of a tie that you're essentially now in the lead in a tie that if you concede a goal in, there's no way back because of that away goal rule. And it's just naivety. And it's the same naivety that we see time and time again. And Bern Leno has saved us in certain games this season. But he's also cost us in some games as well. Um, he has cost us as well. And I feel like people, you know, when you criticise Bern Leno, I don't get why people get defensive about it and say, oh, but, you know, but he saved us in this game. He did. It. He did. Nobody's saying that he didn't. But we're talking about last night's game. We're talking about the fact that we've crashed... Out of the Europa League, um, at the hands of Olympiakos, at home, having gone back to the Emirates with a one-goal lead, with an away goal as well. Uh, and it was a real opportunity for us to qualify for the Champions League. And that's gone now. That's it has gone by the wayside. It's passed us by. So I do think that Leno has a part to play um, in that goal. Equally, I think that Lewis and Sokratis have completely switched off when that second cross has come in. Um, from Masuras, I think it was, and there was El Arabi. A- and we know um, in the build-up to this game, we were looking at him as a as a potential threat. We know he scored a, a shitload of goals this season. We knew that El Arabi would be a threat. We knew that he was very physical. We knew he was buzzing about, causing problems earlier on in the game, just purely with his physicality, with his willingness to chase. And therefore, you know that any ball that comes in the box, he's going to bust the lung to get to it. And he did. And he finished it well. And the stadium went mad. That stadium went mad. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the Emirates cared and everybody was shell-shocked. But it was only when the realisation of what had happened kicked in that people thought, shit, we've got a bit of a problem here. And that's my point. That attitude was wrong from the offset. It was wrong from the players. It was wrong from the manager. It was wrong... From, you know, the fans, it was wrong from the press, it was wrong from everybody. Because everybody thought that Arsenal were going to cruise through. And we didn't. Now, equally, when we're talking about this and we're talking about the disappointment, I, I'm i fully aware that this is going out to you guys the day after the game. Could have done it this morning and I would have been even more angry. But I thought I didn't want to start my day like that, um, particularly when I had a full day's work to do. And I thought I'd calm down. But now that I sort of opened the can of worms, I am angry. I am frustrated. I am really, really disappointed. It's not to say, though, that I don't trust in what Mikel Arteta is trying to do at Arsenal Football Club. And it's very easy to to have knee jerk reactions. Um, You know, some people will, will argue that in my line of work in particular, that knee jerk reactions are what get you you know, exposure, knee-jerk reactions are what people want to see. That's not the case for me. It is, you know, you can be angry at a time and you can be thinking irrationally because you've let your emotions get the better of you. But I think afterwards you should calm down. And I have calmed down, believe me, from how I was feeling last night. And despite what happened and despite the disappointment and despite the fact that we're out of the Europa League, which for me was the most realistic chance we had of getting back in the Champions League. I trust in what Mikel Arteta is doing. I trust in what he says. I trust in his methods. There's people that have been arguing that Gabriel Martinelli should have come on earlier. Um, yeah, maybe. But again, hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's easy to say that now. But Mikel Arteta felt he needed a goal at some point. Um, and he trusted in the players that he had on the pitch. And he trusted in Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, and Aubameyang delivered. So, having scored that goal, I find it really harsh to now look at Arteta and say that, in an attacking sense, he got it wrong. So, I don't know. I guess you know, it's it's one of those one of those things, isn't it? You trust in the process, is what people have been saying today, and I and I agree with that to a degree. It's not always easy to trust in the process as a fan when you care about a football club. It's easy to get wound up. It's easy to get upset. But in the grand scheme of things, we have improved under Mikel Arteta. Arsenal had an off night last night. Football teams will have off nights. And that's the thing about cup football. And that's why people often say, isn't it, that the league winners are more often than not the better team than the cup winners, because the league winners have to do it on a consistent basis. And, And, you know, equally, it's easier to recover in a league situation where you've got games to put. You know, your, your your fuck up's right. And we don't have that in the UEFA Europa League because it's two legs. Um, we did a good enough job in the first leg, but we fucked up in the second leg. And we fucked up um, so badly that this could have massive repercussions on the club because, A, our hopes of reaching the Champions League have taken a massive blow, um, which financially has a huge knock-on effect has a huge knock-on effect on some of the players, the likes of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who may no longer want to be at the club, given that they're probably certain almost anyway that there won't be any Champions League football at the Emirates next season as well. So, you know, the implications are massive, but equally, the reason I'm saying we shouldn't be going OTT about it is because it is a cup competition and anything can happen. So I'm not going to sit here now and say, All of a sudden, I don't back Mikel Arteta anymore, or I don't believe in what he's saying. That hasn't changed after one result. Um, You know, it was unfortunate. The circumstances, you know, weren't great. But, you know, and Mikel Arteta has alluded to that, hasn't he? He's spoken about the fact that we played four games in 11 days and that we've overplayed certain players. But Mikel Arteta is doing what he feels is right, and that is picking the strongest team week in, week out. You can sit and moan about Saka playing too many games. You know, you can moan about others playing too many games. But ultimately, Mikel Arteta needs to win games to A, gain the support of of the, the club and of the board. Um, because as much as they say they support him unconditionally, we saw with Unai Emery that if things aren't going right after 18 months, you will find yourself out on your ass. He also has to win the trust of the fans. And there always be those fans who are sitting there going, yeah, we've improved a little bit under Arteta, but we're still not winning enough games, we're still drawing too many games. So do you blame him for feeling as though he has to play those players week in, week out in every single game? No, you can't. Um I mean, th- there's a couple of other players who who I thought were were really poor and they were so poor that it's worth a mention. I thought Alexander Lacazette was absolute crap, if I'm honest. Um didn't show anywhere near enough in terms of movement, in terms of being busy occupying defenders, trying to create spaces for others. He just he just wasn't there for me. He's, he had a couple of opportunities as well, which he completely wasted. Um, I didn't think Hector Bellerin was great. Um, I thought the Olympiakos left back Tsimikas had a great time bombing down that flank. And often, you know, Pepe wouldn't track back because he doesn't. Um, which is not right, but we've seen that to be a common theme of late. But I just feel like Bellerin's lost that yard, he's lost that that zip that he had about his game, that sharpness. I'm not saying he's unfit and that he can't last 90 minutes or anything like that, but that sharpness seems to have evaded him. And you I guess you see why now Mikel Arteta didn't want to throw him back in straight away and why it took so long. Imagine what he looked like then if he's looking like this now just looks off the pace. Um, just just really looks off the pace. Messer Erzil for me, didn't have a good game either. Um, I've defended him a lot. Um, I still don't blame him for the defeat. Um, and I thought he got better when Martinelli came on and there was a bit of life in that attack and he was able to then get moving. I think taking Sabios off didn't help him. Um, but where I found it a little bit frustrating, and I guess this is a credit to Olympiacos, if nothing else, was that He did have to keep pulling out to the right, pulling out to the left, particularly in the first period to try and get in space and try and get on the ball. You don't want him in those areas, though, do you? And that's the thing. But again, that's to Olympiacos' credit because they defended very well. They were very well organised. They had the rub of a green uh, on a few occasions. But you need that. You need that in football. So... I am disappointed. I'm hurt. Um, Mikel Arteta said he was hurt as well. Um, He said it hurts badly. I was in his press conference after the game. um, And when he walked in, you could see the dejection in him. We haven't seen that demeanour from Mikel Arteta before. Because he knows. He knows what an impact this result will have. He knows what it will have on on the support for him. Um, You know, and it's hard not to feel for him. It's hard not to feel for him. (laughs) But he made the point that we need to to pick these boys up as soon as possible. That is his job now. And he's absolutely right. There's no point crying over spilt milk. We're out now. Um, we're, we're not going to, we're not likely to finish in a Champions League position via the league. But it's not, it's not impossible. Never say never. So there is still something to play for. We're still in the FA Cup. And you've got people saying, oh, you know, well, the season's over. It's not over. The season's not over. Um, you know, We can still qualify for Europe via the league. We can still win the FA Cup. How you can say the season is over is beyond me, to be honest. And it's just people preaching negativity that I I don't think um, is helpful, if I'm honest. Um, So that's where I'm at. Going to come to some of your live comments now. Um, Thank you to those of you who are watching us live at the moment. Uh, Frank Gunner says, hey, Harry, I'm heartbroken. What a kick in the nuts. I feel the same. Uh, I'm done. Uh, Sammy says, watching live from Toronto, Canada. How you doing, mate? Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the show. Uh, Marble halls. TV says being a Guna is pressure. Absolutely. Um, Colin Farrell says they kicked off thinking we were already through. Touched on that as well. I I really do believe that as well. Um, Bulgarian Guna says that's basically how Greece won the European championship in 2004. Agreed as someone who celebrated that. Um, it had all the markings of that. A team who sat deep, they were compact, defended well. But equally, when the opportunities came along, they had to take them and they did. Um, Big Gunner says, hats off to their manager. He worked out for Olympiakos." Absolutely. Um, Danny, the GFP, check him out over at the Burkamp Wonderland podcast. Great show. Uh, do subscribe, check them out, please. Um, he says, it was game 13 of our manager's career. We were never going to win the cup and that cup doesn't make us much money. I don't care. Um, I do care, but I get where you're coming from. Um, I I really do. Uh, What else have we got here? Um, Bob Money says Arsenal are, I don't know if that's supposed to say done. Um, And Big Gunner says, at least we get more Saturday kickoffs and Arteta gets more time training with the team. Agreed. Uh, Avon Teddington says Arsenal have posted a loss of 27 million pounds today. That was with 30 million more for having been in last year's Europa final. We will post a bigger loss this season unless we sell players. People need to be real. And I agree. And that's the point I keep making. When people criticise the board and they criticise the way the club's being run, I agree that the management has been poor for quite some time now. But I also think people underestimate the financial impact that not being in the Champions League is having on this football club. It is impossible to overlook that, as far as I'm concerned. Um, what else have we got here? Paul Myra says the only thing I can think of was the players were tired. That's all I can think of. Mikel Arteta said that in his press conference. He said they were tied. Um, you know, four games in 11 days or whatever it was isn't ideal. We know that. Um, but is it a valid excuse? I've got to say no. Um, I've got to say no. Um, Let's keep scrolling down. Uh, Omar says, I don't know where we go from here. It's a great question. Bruce Wayne says, don't think Arteta is the man. Looks like a coward who can't drop Lacazette. I disagree with that, mate. He has dropped Lacazette in previous games. So, you know, he's dropped him for Enketia. So I disagree with you there. Um, But of course, thanks for your comment. Norway Guna says, very gutted about yesterday. I feel sorry for Oba. I do as well because we we haven't touched on that. The opportunity that he misses right at the end. You give him that opportunity a hundred times. He scores 99 of them. I cannot believe he's missed that. And it just sums up that it wasn't our night. And, you know, that's that's the five margins you're talking about in football, though, because if Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang sticks that away, then we're not even having this conversation today. We're not talking about dejection. We're not talking about elimination. We're talking about yeah, maybe we were a bit fortunate, but we sneaked through. Um, so football is based on such um, you know, tight margins, and 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 you know, that's worth remembering. Um, what else have we got here? Uh Nodas says hello from Australia, Harry. It's Nodas, bro. Hey dear, mate. Welcome to the show. Um, Olympiakos fan, I believe. So congratulations to you, my friend. Um He says, as you know, I'm a big Olympiacos fan, but I'm here to support you. Love your podcast. Thank you very much, my friend. Much appreciated. And uh, good luck in the next round, of course. Um, Wilson says, Lacazette, Bellerin and the defence were absolutely shocking. Hard to disagree with any of that. Um, Ali says, watching you live from Toronto. Welcome to the show, mate. And uh, if you are watching us for the first time, don't forget to hit subscribe, like, share all the usual stuff. Um, I'm sure you know the drill by now. I'm um, going to go to uh, one other thing. So last night um, after the game, um, I put out a tweet where I asked you guys to describe Arsenal's performance um, in three words. Thought it'd be a bit of fun. Um, let's uh, let's go over to that and see uh, what you guys had as your responses. And um, just trying to find it. Just got so many tweets from last night. Jesus need to scroll through it. Um doo, doo, doo. here we go. Here it is. So uh, I put this tweet out last night ahead of tomorrow's podcast. Describe Arsenal's performance this evening in three words. Go. Um Mazzaruni says Arteta dithering loses. Um uh-huh. there's a couple of Greek ones in there that I won't read out because not everyone will get them, and they're not exactly PG either. Uh Marios says reality always prevails. Graham says, just like Emery. Uh, Hendon Gunner says lethargic, error riddled. Masked Gunner says season's worst performance. Uh, Charles Davy, I like this one. Kick it, Leno. Um, Red White Gunner says fire sale required. Um, Fabrice says not good enough. Pav AFC says complacent, average, unbelievable. Um, Loaded Gunner says Aubameyang bicycle, Leno. Uh, Chris D says same old Arsenal. Um, Steven Oliver says complacent, lethargic, uninspiring. Those words complacent and lethargic just keep coming up, don't they? Um, and understandably. So here it is again from Jack. Uh, he says complacent, dead, unprepared. Brett says not good enough. Um, S Luke says well-deserved holiday. Um, taxi man, George says this is football. Uh, Neil will says we go again, keep the faith. Not good enough. She's given us three there. Um, So look, it's a really disappointing night. It's a really disappointing result. Outcome is not what we wanted. Um, I've had my sort of my moan. It's off my chest. Not saying I'm going to get over it within sort of 24 hours or anything like that. But um, what I will say is it's important that we get behind the team and we support the team because we knew and don't pretend that it's changed in the last couple of months. We all knew That when Mikel Arteta took this job, he had one hell of a fucking task on his hands. One hell of a task. So to now all of a sudden be demanding uh, perfection, uh, to to expect us never to lose games, to never get caught out, then I think is is overambitious. So let's get behind the team. Let's support Mikel Arteta. I, I still back him. I still support him. I think that his ideas are the right ideas, I think, in time. You will see him be able to play more of the football that he wants to play rather than the football he feels he has to play to, um, you know, to cover for our defensive deficiencies. So keep the faith with Mikel Arteta and, and um, you know, the season's not over by any stretch of the imagination. There's plenty to play for and uh, fingers crossed we will see Arsenal return uh, to where they belong sooner rather than later. Once again, big thank you to everybody for tuning in. If you're on the YouTube video, hit the like button, please. It is so, so important. If you're listening via the audio, uh, hit the like button or leave us a review depending on what platform you're listening from. And we'll be back uh, very, very soon with more. If you fancy tuning into my live coverage um, of the Portsmouth game on Monday night in the FA Cup, I'll be bringing you live commentary via the Hot Mic app um, so you can download that app. you can sync the commentary with your tv and instead of listening to those boring old farts on bt sport or wherever it's on you can listen to me instead um and we'll be taking your comments live while we're doing it um and we'll be watching the game together it's like watching the game with a mate um so yeah check it out and uh we'll be back very very soon until then ciao